Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Folks, welcome to Dungeons & Randomness. Since 2012, myself and an amazing cast of 18 have been telling stories in our homebrew world of Theria. Four different groups explore lost ruins, run for political office, rage against a mad king, set sail to long-forgotten islands, and so much more. Every group has a different story and flavor, and every season or arc has a new set of groups and stories all building the history of our world with every single session. Literally hundreds of hours of stories are waiting for you as part of the Pickaxe Network. Check out Dungeons & Randomness wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you around the table. Hello, and welcome to the podcast of this week's One Life Left Radio Show. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. Uh, no guests with us this evening, though we are joined by Phil on the camera. He doesn't. You can't talk in this bit, Phil, can you? Can you, in, in a way that our podcast intro devotees can li- hear you? Can you? I can talk. It just. Uh, I just need to edit it in afterwards. That's fine. Uh, okay. Well, I just wondered um, whether uh, you could just uh, let us know how the show was mm. for those those that are yet to experience it. Be honest. Wow. It's. I mean, you, you've you've got a roller coaster coming to you. <laughs> what um, what what notes did you take? Well, I made a few notes of uh, somebody getting uh, quite a few notifications on the phone or something. Oh, that's not me. That that's was me. not me. That was me. What are they, Steve? Then what are they if they're so important? I'll tell you. Shall I tell you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was initially. It was Phil messaging the One Life Left Discord to say <laughs> One Life Left One Life Left is live now. So then okay. I quit the notifications we were getting through Discord on my laptop, but then they started coming through my phone instead. And they were all of the listeners going, oh, great. Oh, this is great. <laughs> Simon looks particularly handsome tonight. You could be God, part I, of I, that I, listener if you were. Look at that. Ooh, you got a steam top look at on. That. I've got a steam top on. <laughs> Did you pay for that? I didn't know. I got it. I, I picked it up at one of their round tables in uh, in uh, in San Francisco. Uh, okay. Any any other um, things you need to reprimand anybody on? No, that was it. It was good. Okay. <laughs> good. All right. Well, it sounds good. So everybody's got notifications to look forward to. Apologies. Um. So the other business on my on my uh, side is uh, I'm not around next Sunday evening, Steve. Ooh. I'm going to see Tim Key. That's that's good. That's exciting. Um, yeah. So, so we'll have to work yeah. out another day to maybe we'll do it Monday morning. Another day, Monday morning. Maybe yes, uh, if that's okay. Anyway, I've not uh, I've not booked the time off, but uh, hopefully it'll get approved. Uh, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll we'll dock your budget for Quest Threes. Okay, good. Um, yes, well, it's slightly different uh, show this evening. Uh, lots of Zelda chat. In there, if you are, um, if you're likely to be, if yeah, if you want to steer steer clear of talk about how to brute force a couple of shrines, maybe <laughs> skip the skip the middle section. Uh, if you want to retain joy for the game, please do, please do. Steve's your man for that. <laughs> I guess. 
not much more to add, I don't think. Uh, it's a 7 out of 10 show. Here it comes. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. How are you, Simon? Very well, thanks, Steve. Uh, we're recording a little bit later than normal, mm. aren't we? So you say hello, good evening, hello, good night. This is like when um, <laughs> when when Hollyoaks did its sexy late night episodes. <laughs> yeah, we can say what we want. Okay. We say what we want. Yeah, very uh, good. Still being broadcast at seven, though, isn't it? So we can't. We can't. We absolutely uh, cannot say say some things, but we will still say what we want because we're good people. Um, and this is Residence FM, and we want to reflect kindly on them, or at least we do our best to. Uh, we are a video game radio show, but we'll be talking about plenty of other things in addition to the news and the reviews and the features we don't have and the guest we don't have. We don't have a guest, do we? We don't. Okay, just it's too late for guests. Everybody's <laughs> gone to bed. Um, yeah, everybody's but- watching the Brit- Britain's Got Talent fi- uh, final. That's what they're doing. Well, I was going to say we have to catch up on everything else first. Are you, are you? Do you have one eye on the telly as well? I don't. No, I. Um, uh, I've obviously got very little interest in Britain's Got Talent. I. Uh, mm-hmm. But this week, I, I found myself without a handheld PC um, because I've sold the Steam Deck. It's gone. What? I know it's gone. There have been some sweeping changes since we haven't done a show for two weeks. So much has changed, Steve. Okay, that is a... That's genuinely shocking. I can only assume you've got another one on the way or something. You've upgraded. Uh, I'm going to... I've mo- I'm moving across. I'm going to be r- r- embracing the uh, Asus, as the, uh, <laughs> as, the, as, the, as the YouTubers call it, uh, Rog Ally. Are you? Uh, where... Play, hashtag play all your games. That's what Ally is. Hey. All your games. Yeah, I am, you're, yeah. You're all in. I'm all in. I've sold my Steam Deck. It's gone. Unbelievable. Okay, it's so... Strange, Steve. Well, we'll be talking more about the uh, sort of return on your eBay sales later, but how much How much did you buy this for and how much did you sell it for? How much was the Steam Deck? The Five hundred and forty-nine pounds, and I got three hundred pounds for it. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I think I could have got slightly more of it if I'd sold it on eBay. I, I went to Computer Exchange or Sex, as they insist on calling it, um, and uh, the whole process was absolutely terrifying. I handed mm-hmm. over my beloved Steam Deck to some children um, who tried to fob me off and tell me it wasn't a 512 gig. I'm like, <laughs> they said it's got something different on the front of it. I said, yeah, it's got a matte screen, actually. It's 512. This is the one that I finished Deathloop on. It should be in a museum, not going behind your grubby <laughs> shelves. That's what I didn't say. I was like, oh, what do I need to do to get £300 off you? Oh, my God. I'm uh, I properly said, I shocked. Said, well, Kate was shocked as well. Um uh, she's like, I can't believe you love that. And I do love that, mm. but I mean, I can't, you, be, you 
can't have two handheld PCs, Steve. I've only got two hands. Yeah, well, you've also got a wife. Yeah, she's playing on the Switch at the moment. Oh, okay, fine. All right, good. Um, so you're, you're, when's your ASUS arriving? Uh, 13th of June. No, 12th of June. Sorry, a week on Tuesday. No, it's 13th. There we Ooh, go. Sorry. Okay. I mean, it's getting... Uh, it's tricky because... Um, uh yeah i have got i've got nothing to do so i've been watching prince got talent that's why god bless video games <laughs> good and um well you've not been putting a lot of time into the switch either as i'm sure we'll talk about later in the show nope i've not it is lane dormant mm. uh, any other business we have to catch up on uh, i should update everyone on how things went at the footy mm. went poorly I'll be honest. Mm. Really, really poorly. It um, went well for a bit, didn't it? Went well for exactly the amount of time you don't want it to go well for. The sort of amount of time that gives you you're just starting to ease out into, well, we've only it's only 20 minutes to go. What's the worst that can happen? Well, football threw the worst that could happen to me. Um but as I was saying, uh, so so Stockport lost. Uh it was one all and then it went to extra time and then it went to penalties and they lost. Um, I've watched England crash out on penalties many times before, and it's been a very painful experience. And I care more about Stockport than I care about England to, you know, a large degree. And um, so this was the worst thing that could possibly happen. But I've been Mm. through it now. I've been through it. So I can't be hurt anymore. Chin up. There's always next season, etc. On a personal note, I was really disappointed, Steve, because that meant that you won't be coming up to see Stevenage versus Stockport, will you, this season? Hmm. Unless it's in the the FA Cup. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, But I didn't have a good time at Stevenage last time. Apart from seeing you, that was dismal as well, wasn't it? We lost. That was was almost the worst that could happen as well. We were 1-0 up with two minutes to go. What's the worst that can happen? Lose 2-1. And then we had to, to we had to get we had to hot foot it out of there because there were some fights, some fights about to happen, that weren't there? Yeah, but I but the other thing that I sort of learned, and I think this makes me seem a better person than I actually am, uh, was that we were playing Carlisle and they seem all right. Like they fifteen, they brought fifteen thousand fans down. So did we. I would say we were marginally the better team on average, but it was marginal. And they've been bumbling around in League Two for forever. We've had two promotions in four years and we've had some good days you know good cup runs as well um so well done to them you know they had a good day out they won i am envious uh but thanks Simon. to them <laughs> not to me not to me for my generosity of spirit no i was doing an i was doing a slow hand cap slow hand clap which is the worst thing you can do to somebody in an american yeah. sport i probably deserve that too um I've only been playing one video game. You can probably guess what it is, uh, but we'll talk you about want, that. Would you like to buy another copy? <laughs> In the interview <laughs> well, section. You, well, you can't. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you're going to have to carry the reviews today. I haven't checked the letters, um, but you do. You have supplied some news, haven't you? Charles Indeed I have. Again. Yep, he has. All right, let's get on with that. One life left. One life left. One life left. Video game news. 
me, Charles, but 1.0. Yuji Naka, co-creator of Sonic the Hedgehog, has been sentenced to two and a half years in prison and fined over $1.2 million for his involvement in an insider trading scheme in shares for Square Enix and other development companies. His defense has asked for both the sentence and fine to be reduced. Naka has admitted to using confidential information to purchase shares of stocks for upcoming games before their public announcement and could have profited over $145,000. Ideas on how Sonic the Hedgehog could escape from prison might include a robotic double of Sonic taking his place, a Sonic speed escape, or enlisting the help of Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> Simon, did you ask Charles Bot to give some suggestions of how Sonic the Hedgehog might escape from prison? I did. Okay. I did. <laughs> Good, well done, Charles Potts. Uh, this was shocking news, wasn't it? That's a big shocking fight. news. Two years, yeah, as well. yeah. I like um, to the, um, all of our stories, as ever. This evening, our uh, proceed from uh, videogameschronicle dot com, um, and I like to have part of the story. Just says, um, yeah, his defence has uh, re- requested that the fine be reduced and the sentence be suspended. Is that how <laughs> these things work? It's a okay. easy job, isn't it? Like, if it, <laughs> what shall we do next? Should we ask for the should A bigger fine, B same fine or C reduce? No, let's chance our arm. Um, he pled guilty to the charges in March, saying mm-hmm. that there was no doubt he was guilty in taking part in the insider trading scheme. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah. So um, yeah, two and a half years and a hefty fine. I mean, crikey, what a fall from grace! And a what's fine- worse, this? What's worse, this or Balan Wonderworld? <laughs> well. What's sorry, worse, Wonderland, I should say, sorry. What's worse, this, or being interviewed by One Life Left's Steve Curran in 2001? Mm. Uh, or maybe it was 2000. Whenever Fantasy Star Online came out, I went to Sega in, I guess it was, they're probably where they still are, right? In West London. Uh, I remember travelling and interviewing him about that. There was no hint, Simon, of what was to befall him 20 years ago. Um, I mean, what's his defence playing out there? They could have thrown you in, couldn't they? They could. <laughs> he was interviewed by Steve couldn't. Curran once. Yeah, Balan yeah. Wonder World. Sorry, you can tell. You can tell I've not played it. Um, yes, uh, I've really ballsed up that joke. <laughs> How's um, how, how come the fine is ten times the amount that he could possibly have made from this? To deter others. Okay, Steve. Has it deterred you? I mean, I, I'm absolutely not. I've, I've suspended my insider trading <laughs> straight away. I, I, I put, I, I put it down. I did. I put my insider trading down, and I I've, I've walked away from it. Not worth the risk, is it? Not worth, not the, worth risk. the risk. All right. This week, Didalic Entertainment released their Lord of the Rings Gollum game, which has been met with unanimously negative reviews and is now the lowest-rated game of the year on Metacritic and Open Critic. In response to the poor reception. The studio released an apology on social media and has committed to making future updates and patches to the game. Gollum's opinion? My precious sis, all of these modern video games sis are rubbish, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he tried, didn't he try? He did try, he did try. Bless him. Um, yeah, another game launching in a dreadful state, although this one's not necessarily down to technical uh, embarrassments. It's down to... Um, 
The Guardian described it as a derivative, uninteresting and fundamentally broken stealth action adventure that fails to capture anything interesting about Tolkien's fiction. Mm. Uh, five so problems, five. problems with the creative. Uh, were, were, were there technical problems as well, or was this really relying on like just it being a mediocre game? Yeah, from what I can gather, it's just not very good. Um, mm. I mean, did anybody ask for a game based around Gollum? Well, a- apart from the person licensing it out. I mean, this is not going to stop people making games about Lord of the Rings, is it? Uh, I'm sure there'll be more to come. No, but when you think of a Lord of the Rings game, you want to be Aragon, don't you? Um, you know, who I think might have been mm. my first male cinema crush. <laughs> uh, I might not be over it. Mm. Um, uh, you don't want to be, you know, a CGI Andy Circus, do you? Well, clearly not if it's been as poorly implemented as this. Uh, I haven't played it, but I watched a video of it and it seemed... It didn't seem like my sort of thing. I don't like stealth at the best of times, and this clearly isn't the best of times. I have found like the internet and specifically Reddit's cheap shots at it kind of depressing, really, because I'm sure it's a you know I, I say it's not my type of game, and I'm sure clearly it is uh, under people's perhaps low expectations for it, um, but still. Uh, these things are made under an enormous amount of pressure and no one sets out to make a bad game. I will say that I think the the reason they the reason this is uh, people are specifically delighting in this is because of the way uh, it's financially set up as well, right? Because it's priced at 44 quid or something like that 44.99 maybe, but then there are a series of small microtransactions on top of that Um one of which we've mentioned on the show before, you can pay a couple of quid to get the Elvish. Is that what you call it? Elvish? Something like that. Something like that. But I saw there's, there's you know, three or four of these these things. There's also you pay six quid for the art pack, uh, which is 100 pieces of concept art around this game, uh, you know, which no true Lord of the Rings gamer could be without or should be without. It says something like that in the in the blurb. So yeah, all this sort of nickel and diming to try and squeeze the most out of players has made people particularly eager to kick it in. Uh, now it's fulfilled, well, uh, failed to meet expectations. Evidently, you can pay substantially less than that at the moment because there are f- pictures circulating of it being already in the bargain bins. Really? Okay. Yes. I saw the number of Steam reviews was startlingly low for, uh, I think it's about 200 reviews I was going to say, like the majority of which are negative. I was unable to find a positive review. They are all the positive. The ones that are marked as thumbs up are people being funny about Ooh. it. Yeah, uh, Steam reviews a constant source of humour. If but what, you're but, into but, depression, uh, but when are we going to move away from this? Um, launch a game and then you know a few days later put some pithy statement out on Mm. social media and think that that's going to make it okay particularly when that uh, statement is you know a message from the lord of the rings tm team and you're like come on guys if you're trying to be sort of less corporate you can drop the trademarks can't you (laughs) why do you think uh, that like what do you think they hope to gain from something like that because the the game itself is unsalvageable at this point but but they promise but they promise to improve it with patches and updates what are you going to do put guns in it is it 
their relationship with the Lord of the Rings team TM that they're trying to salvage there. <laughs> no, I mean, like, will it be contractual that they're, that the Lord of the Rings TM team are now like, you have damaged the our property, which goes beyond Dedalic? How do you sell that? Dedalic? Dedalic. Exactly right. Uh, yeah. uh, I don't know. Is that, is, is that their purpose? They can't. I don't know. I don't know why they do these things. Well, I don't know. Wouldn't they have just said, "Well, this is definitely our fault, and not the uh, not the fault of the Tolkien estate," which is which is brilliant. Yeah, something like that. Maybe it is. Who knows? Story three. Meta has unveiled their latest virtual and mixed reality headset, the Quest Three, featuring higher resolution, stronger performance, and a slimmer, more comfortable headset. Quest 3 will feature a next-gen Snapdragon chipset which delivers over twice the graphical performance, hand-tracking out of the box, and compatibility with over 500 VR games. With the launch of Quest 3 this fall, they are cutting the Quest 2 price to $299.99 for the 128GB version. Joke, at least with a virtual reality wife, you don't have to worry about arguing over what movie to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Your narrative continues. <laughs> There's a bit more to come, Steve. Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> uh, so, did you catch this news? I did. Uh, Excited? Like, was this a stealth launch? Because this, I, I had no idea this was coming. And I know that the Apple headset is a few days out from announcement, or that's the rumor as well. So, I wondered whether they've rushed this through to to preempt that. They did it in a Meta Direct or something or other, one of those video showcases uh, mm. they did last week. Um, they actually announced it just before the Direct aired, um, uh, which was unusual. Um, but, uh, yeah, so people were writing about it, and then they showed a load of games off. Um, I've not watched it myself. Uh, but, yeah. yeah so um, so to, answer your, to answer your question, I was excited. In fact, you know, there's a we, – we're often – looking to to uh try to work out what to spend the one life left millions on and a couple of weeks ago on the one life left discord i suggested that maybe an appropriate purchase would be the pac-man lego arcade cabinet it and you does res- look good you responded you said yep. that you would sign off on that as long as we ordered two which yep. is interesting but this was my next thought i was like i do want uh, a quest three now I want a Quest 3 because I love my Quest 2, but I have not used my Quest 2 for six or seven months now. Um, do you have a Quest? I have a Quest 1 and a Quest 2. Mm. Do you fancy a Quest 3? Well, Steve, uh, that's a good question, isn't it? I um, What the hell is going on over there? That's what I want to know. This so, so the Oculus Quest launched in May 2019. This will be their third iteration of hardware in mm-hmm. just over four years. Mm-hmm. How can somebody who is as um, enthusiastic as technology as me, who will, you know, get rid of a Steam Deck and spend <laughs> uh, at a stupid time and have to watch Britain's Got Talent, leave himself with nothing to do. Now I'm like, why? Hang on a minute. Like, didn't you just put the so you just put the Quest Two price up maybe six months ago, mm-hmm. and now you're announcing that you've cut it again because there's a new one coming at the end of the year, mm-hmm. and this is the third in just over four years. So when's Quest Four coming out? Like presumably five minutes afterwards. But they're not they're not huge differences in in 
tech. Oh, if, well, they're, no, they're, they're no, but they've already stopped supporting software. Is stopping software that you have bought and paid mm-hmm. for and ran happily on the on the Oculus Quest One or the Meta Quest, as it's now called. Software mm-hmm. that you bought in 2019 and 2020 no longer mm-hmm. works on that headset. Okay, yeah. you want me to buy another one? You want me to buy some more games? How long am I going to be able to play those for, Mark? But I am interested that you haven't directly answered the question, which is, do you, do you think you're going to end up with a Quest 3? No, I don't. Mm. I think I might, because the Quest 2, For I, I agree with everything you've just said. It is startling. I, I understand why it's happening, I think, which is that that tech... It's not like the console cycle, right? Whenever the PlayStation 6 arrives, it's going to be an incremental improvement on the PlayStation 5. It's going to be better and shinier, and the graphical fidelity will be slightly higher, and rocks will be nicer, and puddles will be more reflective or whatever, and don't really care. But for VR, the hardware improvements that are happening are making a measurable difference to the experience, right? Your field of view, the heaviness of the headset, the number of pixels, you know, like it it all does matter. Um and the danger they have is by putting something out there that's a success and then Apple arriving with something which is a generation ahead, then they just find themselves dead in the water already. So you have to, there has to be a faster turnaround of hardware, which doesn't make it, you know, better experience from the consumer at all. It's, it's, it's terrible. All that said, again, my consumer experience of the Quest 2 was the best console experience, I think, of this generation like the games i played were interesting and the ecosystem the sort of environment was just really cool and exciting it felt new and yeah quest 3 isn't going to be as exciting i'm not even sure i'm going to use it right like i say mine's been in my cupboard for six seven months but i'm still coming off that high i still want the next experience in vr obviously i know if i committed to that now the the Apple thing's going to be announced and I'll be like, yeah, definitely want that. And I think that's probably where we're going to be, right? Like, Yeah, we, you know, we um, certainly over lo- during lockdown and um, a couple of times afterwards, we've really enjoyed playing Walkabout Mini Golf, uh, Kate in one room on the Quest 1 and me in another room on the Quest 2. And we had a great time. Now, I, I think Walkabout Mini Golf still works on the Quest 1, which like you, I've not used... Um, my headset for quite some time um but we have some friends in canada and they're like oh let's we must play walkabout mini golf you're like yeah we must but i know that it's going to be an absolute like turning on the quest one is going to be it's going to take forever in terms Mm. of updates and and all of that sort and i'm not sure i can be bothered um to do that bit of it so yeah i I really like it when it works um you know i i just feel though that i'm not ready to trust them again <laughs> with with some more money on stuff i don't know yeah I, I, yeah i mean absolutely right you, you know phones come out every year but but this is unusual for gaming and if they're worried about what are what are apple going to do then what why are they announcing it all now you know um like, why don't they wait and see what apple are doing it just if, if mm. it just feels a bit too fast for me and like i say the speed with which they depreciated the original quest um is is pretty bad The British Academy revealed its eligibility criteria, voting rules and key dates for the 2024 BAFTA Game Awards, which are set to take place in the spring next year. BAFTA members as well teams from the industry will be voting on several categories throughout a three-round period that begins in November 2023 and culminates in March 2024. 
This year, BAFTA is introducing transparency by publicly revealing the full long list for the first round of voting. New awards this year include the New Intellectual Property Award, and there are discounts to those who register their games early. Having an MBE or OBE is better than winning a BAFTA, and always will be. <laughs> they can never take that away from me. <laughs> it's true. It is true. It is true. Greater uh, transparency for you, Steve. Greater transparency. I have a few things to say about this. Firstly, um, I don't know how a institution that is meant to re- represent the best of creative, you know, a creative industry in Britain uh, that is run by people who are uh, are creatives and work in that industry has managed to find itself with a, an award called Best Intellectual, Best New Intellectual <laughs> Property. Like, it's just embarrassing. Um, I, I find it mortifying, like, if this is the best we can do. Maybe I'm wrong. Point two, um, didn't they used to have the main awards voted for by everyone? And didn't that just result in people voting for the only game that they had heard of? Not my opinion, yes. Simon. The opinion of uh, our friend Robin Clark on Twitter, but one that I also thought was correct. Um, so haven't yes. they done this before? So they're, they're extending it to the British game um, mm. uh, is being an open uh, vote. Um, but still, they will be decided independently, which, again, I still find really weird. It's really, really weird that they have these Chinese walls between... Um, the the actual juries um, mm-hmm. and um, you know somebody just needs to join some dots somewhere. I think it's uh, nonsense. Like I, I think all awards are nonsense, and I think the more complicated you make these processes, uh, the more you find yourself apologising for a system that just doesn't work anyway. You either have it voted all voted for by people, and you get the results. <laughs> you get the results that the that you deserve in a sense. The people will vote for the things that you know they're going to vote for and it won't be predictable. Uh, Sorry, it it will be predictable, but at least people know how it works. And um, Or you do it with juries and you accept that sometimes the the results are going to be controversial and they're going to be the opinions of just a few people and those people might be idiots. Uh, But it's, you know, it's still valid because all awards are as valid as each other, which is, as I've said before, basically as valid as a series of steam reviews by people you don't know. Yes, yeah, sorry. These are these are games members rather than the BAFTA games members rather than the public that are well, going to be still, voting. Yeah. They, they are members of the public, right? Like in the sense that we are. Like they're just humans who I don't know, you could argue they have a, a greater inter- insight into into games than just people who buy the games. I I, I wouldn't particularly argue. Yeah, sorry, that. I was I was clarifying that mainly for myself, which I think I thought that they were being opened up to the the actual public, um, like everybody, like you know, uh, game have done it before, haven't they? Where yeah, 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 sort of push that, yeah. Um, but 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 I mean, that's how the Oscars are voted for as well. They're voted by members of the Academy, um, and those results are it's, it's all subjective, of course. But those results are famously absolutely nonsense as well if you look at the best picture winner of the last 20 years half of those films are 
members of the academy themselves would say are embarrassing on, yeah, I don't know what we were thinking like at that time. So I don't know. It's all... Sorry, I, I used to, well, I was going to say, I, I used to work at an agency um, that had a department which would lobby um, the jury, um, and I'm sure that lots of other companies do this too, mm. that, uh, that they would, um, you know, in the same way that you advertise in trade press and go, you know, uh, mm-hmm. we would love for you to consider to vote mm-hmm. for this, um, they'd sort of actively go out and um, and do that, and I, you know, but I, I wonder if by publishing a long list, we're going to open up uh, to, a, to, a, to a little bit more of that. I'm sure. Uh, also, what was the, there was a sort of line buried in that news report about um, a discount for something or, or cheaper prices for? Yeah, they've always done that. You need to enter your game uh, within 30, if you, sorry, if you enter your game within 30 days of it being released, it's cheaper for you to do so. I've never quite understood why that is. The line that they're saying at the moment as well is that by getting them in early, um, you're enabling people to play them for longer. It's just garbage. It's it's it it is really annoying to me that you're not saying this is the best game. You're saying this is the best game from people who have paid because they think it's important that we recognise this game is the best game. Like uh, it's offensive like that these people are positioning themselves as the arbiters of what's good in Britain. It's, uh, I think it's embarrassing uh, that we look to BAFTA for authentication, honestly, that we look to them for approval. Um, so should we start our own awards? Could do. Uh, right. Enter early, there'll be a discount. <laughs> <laughs> Just send us a Quest 3. Microsoft President Brad Smith is set to meet with UK Chancellor Jeremy Hunt next week to discuss the Competition and Markets Authority's CMA decision to veto the company's $1.69 BN purchase of Activision. It's purported that Smith will consider extreme options such as withdrawing Activision from the UK market or bypassing the UK order to complete the deal, although the government ministers are reportedly unhappy with his public criticism of the CMA. Microsoft has appealed against the CMA's decision and the case will be heard in court in July. My wife annoys me because she is inconsiderate and always puts her needs before mine. She often disregards my input on decisions and continually disregards my feelings. I also feel as though she doesn't value the sacrifices I make for her. I'm so fed up with her attitude that I'm threatening to leave her unless she changes the way she treats me. (laughs) That's what happens when you tell an AI. <laughs> Reasons why your wife upsets you and threatens to leave her. <laughs> if it's going to work for Microsoft, it could work for AI Chatspot. Is that a glimpse into what what an AI you know feels? Steve, his AI Do wife doesn't love <laughs> him. Do you think it will work for for Microsoft? <laughs> oh, come off! Well, I don't know. Um, isn't the Competition and Markets Authority independent? It's independent from the government, isn't it? Mm, maybe. Yeah, it sounds, sounds plausible. Uh, um, I just, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just wonder what talking to Jeremy Hunt about it might do. Um, is it your Googling, aren't you? Yeah, no, I was just searching for, um, did you see Bobby Kotick on the front cover of Variety this week? I did, yes. So they're clearly on a... You know, they're putting some money into a PR offensive on all fronts here. The headline was, so cover of Variety, it's 
you know, a flattering picture of Bobby Kotick, but I, which I mean, it basically obscures most of his face. And it says, Modern Warfare, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick is fighting on multiple fronts to sell his company to Microsoft, restore his reputation, and finally get Hollywood to show some respect for video games. And that all comes as part uh, something that Jeremy Hunt can fix for him, is it? <laughs> I don't know if Bobby will be directly yeah. involved in that conversation. Right. Yeah, I mean, I did see that cover, um, and, mm. I, and I paid no attention to it. But you're right. Why? What prompted him to go on the cover right now? Well, you know, it's his one man's fight, isn't it? Imagine that. You know, everybody's rooting for him to be able to sell his company, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, you know, his heroic struggle. We've almost forgotten all of the stories about his obscene wage, uh, yeah, like, and, and the money he stands to gain from all of these uh, business plans. I'm sure he's just doing it. I'm sure he just wants Hollywood to take video games seriously. Come on, Hollywood, we get our entries in. Yeah, it's not Hopefully as if like you can the, validate us. The biggest grossing movie this year in Hollywood has been a video game movie. I'm sure they continue to just. It's nonsense, isn't it? Anyway, it is nonsense. Another feel yeah, so good that, story. Well, there we go. You're going to pull Activision out of the UK unless Jeremy Hunt does something about it. Well, I am bored of this bluff and counter bluff and all of this. And we've been talking about how we're bored of it on yeah. One Life Left. Obviously, that was I, a great news report, but for other reasons. I only did it just to imply that to get the AI charts to, to do what they're what Microsoft <laughs> are doing and threat, threaten to withdraw. Good. Well, services. We will, I'm sure we'll hear more about that next week. I think that's the end of the news. It is. All right. Thanks, Charles Bot. One Life Left Video Game News with me, Charles Bot 1.0. Hello, my friend. My name's Sean, and I want to end your suffering. No, not like that. With meditation in my new podcast, Mindfulness for Gamers. Each episode, I'll take you through how mindfulness can help you to feel less anxious and frustrated and put you on the path of happiness, all through the lovely, grimy lens of video games. So make time to level up your mental health and take the first step on your spiritual skill tree. Join me and subscribe to Mindfulness for Gamers right here, right now. You are listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM, the greatest radio station in London and indeed the world. Uh, we're a video game radio show. We've chatted about some other stuff as well. Uh, we're also a podcast. Uh, you can find the podcast at www.onelifeleft.com. There are a series of links. Uh, you can find at hello.onelifeleft.com as well. Uh, you'll also be able to find the show notes, which are put together by our undercaretaker, Phil, who I believe. Uh, was in receipt of a quest too from us. Uh, he's nodding in the background in our production suite right now. Um, Phil, uh, nod or shake your head. Do you think that uh, we should all have quest threes or not? So yes, so yes from him. So we'll see. It's either that or Lego this year. Um, what it won't be is Zelda merchandise. Because, uh, Simon, you have some news for the listeners, don't you? Uh, well, it's a bit too late for the listeners. If they'd been on the Discord, they would have had the opportunity to have bid on my copy of uh, Tears of the Kingdom, which went on went to eBay, it went, um, hmm. a week ago. And I believe, actually, it should have landed with the lucky winner, recipient, 
uh, down in Bristol. Not anybody that I know. Um, uh, should have arrived yesterday, and I and I, I hope you enjoy it more than I did. So you paid how much for this? I can't remember because I did end up buying three copies. Um, <laughs> I think well, I think on one of the copies I, I will have broken even ish. Okay, fine. So you yeah you 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 broke even on it, uh, but as I said on the Discord, you will never get back the time you invested in that game. Um, how 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 long did you spend with it? I did the first uh, quest line um, mm-hmm. in Naruto Village, and I did the boss, and then mm-hmm. I dis- uh, went off and was opening up all of the towers mm-hmm. um, and doing any shrines that I directly came across on mm-hmm. route to doing the towers. Um, and I reached uh, one tower, and um, I thought this can get in the bin. Okay. Um, so there was a single moment that made you pivot. Was that was that based on the frustration of that tower or was it just a build-up of general apathy to the world? Look, I don't want to be, um, you know, I don't want to uh, spoil anybody's enjoyment. It's, it's, it's clearly a very good game. Um, but for me, I, I reached a point where I'm like, oh, First of all, am I ever going to finish it? No. Mm -hmm. Um, Second of all, uh, I was finding that, you know, the freedom that it offers actually was incredibly frustrating to me Mm -hmm. um, in that um, a couple of things. There were uh, some shrines, um, the ones where you have to construct um, objects that will enable you to traverse them involves fusing bits and bobs together and then lifting them up and sticking them on rails and then sort of getting one way and the other. And um, I'd, uh, there were a couple, (laughs) well, so there was one shrine I was doing um, where uh, you had to get across, sorry, I'm not going to spoil the game, but I will talk about some scenarios. Uh, Look away now. Um, If you don't want to know the score, uh, there was one where you had to traverse a huge lava pit and the lava was flowing against you. Uh, and yet if you um, created water, it hardened it. And so then I was like, okay, cool. I will just fuse the a long line of these things together. Mm-hmm. And it took me about 20 minutes. Now it wasn't, I don't believe it was the way that you were supposed to solve it, but mm-hmm. you know, Hey, that's the freedom of the world, right? You can, you can do what it enables you to do. That is until you can't, when it goes, you can't fuse any more of these objects together. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, so I did it in uh, exactly know, that way, by the way. Like, uh, also brute force uh, that one like that. Yeah, but that didn't feel, sat- did that feel satisfying to you? Not that particular moment. I actually, that's no. probably, I, I don't know, I've done about 70 of the shrines now, and that that would be in my bottom three. Like, yeah. I, I didn't well, enjoy and, that and, one at all. I mean, and I was trying to, to stop them f- uh, flowing past the bridge that you're on. Mm-hmm. I blocked it up. And then, so obviously you did it in a more efficient way than I did, but mm-hmm. it, but it told me that I couldn't fuse any more together mm-hmm. and I still had a distance to go. And so I had to then go back and unfuse some others and then go back here. And it was just mm-hmm. really boring. Yeah. And, I, and I, I found I that with a imagine that i i also found it boring doing it I, I pushed mine a little to the right where there was a ledge already and built from there okay but it wasn't it did feel like i was it felt like 
a punishment for not being able to see the solution that they yes wanted. Yeah. And uh, then so um, like uh, a couple of ones where you have to sort of ride the rails and you've got to construct uh, sort of three different objects and. And I, okay, cool. So I sort of, sort of just managed to get to the third section and then um, sort of weld them in not quite the right space. And so mm-hmm. it fell off. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so I've got to do all of this again, have I? Ugh, right, so mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh, well, I actually left that shrine um, uh, because it annoyed. No, it, no, I didn't. I Sorry, that one. Um, I was I put the jets on the back and it wouldn't quite mm-hmm. get up the hill. But fortunately, I had a wind weapon. So I turned around and did that and went up. And nice. again, yeah. I okay. got there, but it, it didn't feel it didn't feel like in any way satisfying. Um, and then uh, going across the land, um, you, you get to hot bits and cold bits that you that it wants to keep you away from. Um or it goes, well, actually, you don't need to be away from them if you go and get some uh, some fire berries or the chill berries mm-hmm. or what have you. So if you want to do that, go away and then come back here and do this bit. And I thought, mm-hmm. like, like th- this is the this like we all know that I could go and do that. It's going to take me half an hour. But uh, so uh, like this is just a waste of my time. But isn't that games to a point? I I agree with you. Like but can't you look at a lot of these games certainly in all idle games that capture my heart, right? It's it is a case of yeah, of course I can do that. It's like, well that that's games. It's a waste. I I I would have much preferred it um if it had stopped me from getting there. Mm, if he just right, said, "Look, look, look, you, you, you actually can't come here now." Now mm. I know that that goes against everything that they're trying to do with that, and that's why. Obviously, it's a brilliant game. It's going to win all the Baftas uh, <laughs> if 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 they if pay they the entry fee. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but for me, it's you know, I I I, I it, it goes back to uh, you know playing games like like Deus Ex, where I get paralysis, where I'm mm. like, "Oh, how should I do it? I don't want to miss anything that's good." And and in this way, I'm like, "Oh." It was at that point where you had to pop up. So there was a guy stuck at the bottom of the tower and you needed to mm. lower something to him and the top of the tower is cold and the bottom's not. And and you just end up sort of nibbling at hearts or you just keep up just to do this. And then, again, I realised that I'd moved something in just slightly the wrong place that the, 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 the platform didn't fall. And I'd mm. wasted all of, the, all of the things that protected me from the cold in order <laughs> to not quite do something because it's freedom and then i just thought so then i was like okay so how do i get the armor that protects you from the cold and then i i read a Eurogamer guide and it listed the billions of armors that you can get and i just thought this game is not for me yeah um now i I am playing it in a different way i'm playing it in a different way you know i I know that you you probably shouldn't go to open up all of the shrines to start off with um but it, it just felt that it was it was just making it was just Doing everything was so inconvenient. Now, I really don't want to spoil anybody's enjoyment of it, but You're just not. the way like, I was playing like, it. So I played it in the same way, and I'm playing it in the same way. Like, I have very little interest in the plot. I have done one of the bosses now. I hated it. Like, uh, But I'm enjoying the world, exploring, and found similar frustrations. You don't like timers on anything. Don't like that feeling that I've only got two and a half minutes to... So immediately went and found the clothing for uh, for the hot and the cold... And also the the flame uh, flame breaker armor now as well, but the hot and the cold being my priority. Found those, and as soon as you found like one piece of clothing, you're all right. Um, similarly, like have had 
some frustrating gameplay moments. I don't like those moments where you have to redo stuff. And I think there have been moments of where I'm like, am I enjoying this or am I just addicted? Am I just playing this because numbers are going up? And am I playing this for exactly the reason I alluded to earlier, almost like an idle game? It's easy and I can wander across the world and there'll always be something for me to do. But the difference between it and the thing that keeps me playing, I was talking about this with a friend the other night, I think is the level of design that is there. Whenever I find a shrine, suddenly the game world shrinks into that shrine and it feels like it is me against the designer of that shrine. And in that moment, it does feel very uh, human, me against one other player almost. And sometimes those shrines are not good, but more often than not, they're nice little five-minute puzzles where you can see the solution and you work out how to do it and you solve it and there's a little endorphin release and then you're you're away. And, you know, then there's a mixture of charming, like, subplots. The main plot is garbage, but the subplot's sometimes quite cute and fun. And then there's the collecting everything. I think, like you, if I saw the true breadth of this, I remember stopping Zelda, I've talked about this before, I stopped the first Zelda on the moment that I completed the game. You beat Ganon and it says, oh, right, you've done it now, but you can rewind to before you did it and do everything else. I'm like, I don't want that. I want to beat Ganon, see the world's different, and then sweep up all the Korok seeds or whatever. So that stopped me playing because you feel like you've got no agency in the world. You can't actually beat the, you know, save the world. Secondly, I saw a map of where all the Korok seeds are. And I was like, are you effing kidding me? There are 500 of these. Now, 900 or whatever. Yeah, like I, 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 I'm never going to do that. I did see and not read a piece from Keith Stewart uh, in The Guardian that said, I, I have accepted that I'm never going to beat Zelda and I'm okay with that and that's made me love it more. And I think without reading that article, but just taking that headline, I think that's genuinely helped me. Like, because, hmm. yeah, I think I might never beat it, but I am enjoying sweeping up all the shrines and doing the bits of it that I like. And I don't need to see any, I don't need any resolution in the in the main plot. I'm enjoying, I have now uncovered the, all the overworld. I'm working on the depths as well, like uncovering all of that, which is hard work, but kind of fun in a mindless numbers go up way. Um, and in between that, there's just elements of beautiful, beautiful design as well. Um, it's super, super flawed, and I could understand people burning out on it, dropping out. I can also understand people just understanding that, uh, realizing it's not for them. Like it doesn't light up those parts of your brain that you play video games for. But yeah, I'm still enjoying it. I'm still uh, good. Still good. Deep. I want everybody to continue to enjoy it, and 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 actually, for mm. me, you know, I so I finished the first one, and I really did enjoy that. But I played that in a in a much more linear fashion. I did, mm. you know, I I think I think this time round, because of all of it is so familiar yet different. You know, I thought, oh, okay, I, I'm going to want to hop between. You know, I I I like to fast travel. Sue me. Um, so I thought by opening everything up, I'd, I'd be saving time later. I probably I've I've ruined it for myself. I can see that, Steve. Well, but I want to play other stuff. I want to get ready, <laughs> don't I? I want to get ready for my PC games in my hand. That's <laughs> what I want. Oh man, I wonder uh, if we could open odds on how long before a Steam Deck is back in your hands. Uh, but never, you know. it's never going to happen, Steve. I'm going to get used to the smaller and lighter. Um, you know, and th- and this isn't me dissing Steam at all, but the mm-hmm. fact is, um, the fact is, can't argue with facts. Fact is, 
and 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 here is here's, here's one coming up um you you can't download game pass games on your steam deck and you cannot mm. download um easily any of the ea launcher games or the ubisoft connect games where often prices vary wildly um and uh, this has got a bit more oomph in it as well i've already got here look at this look at this ready to go that's a one terabyte uh, SD card that's going straight in it, Steve. Before I even before I even turn the thing on, is your Ooh, real I'm problem? Excited. Is your real problem with video games though a lack of games? Like, do you? No, need it's games? not. No, but I want no. I want the no, no. But we've got some good games coming up, haven't we? We've got mm. Starfield, yeah, uh, which I you know which I don't want to pay uh, fifty pounds for if I can help it. Mm. We've got uh, replaced. I'm hoping that Shadow drops next Sunday uh, during the Xbox showcase because they've uh, they've not said a, a huge amount about it, but um, they Shadow dropped hi, Shadow dropped Hi-Fi Rush, and that went well for them, didn't it? So I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to that, and that will be free to me on Game Pass. So, uh, yeah, it's actually going to save money, Steve. Time for the letters section. Email, we have, as far as I can see, one letter um, from is last it on the week. Discord? It is on the Discord. Uh, you Go can see then. if you can find anything in the inbox, but I don't think there is anything. Dear team and SSG, as discussed in previous correspondence, thanks to a download issue with Apple Podcasts, I've been re-listening to some ancient episodes. I just finished your outside broadcast from Nordic Game 2013, where you finish by saying you're not going to E3. Instead, you're doing, quote, Keith's thing. What happened? Did Keeley make <laughs> some kind of demonic bargain to steal the Keith vest we all rightly deserved? Farewell, James. Did we do Keith's thing? We did. Do you remember what it was? I remember. So, was it in the basement of old loading it uh, was. in Soho in London? Yep. And it yep. was, you know, some people chatting around a tv that showed stuff from e3 that's what i remember about it yes and it was uh, it was very enjoyable uh, he did it over a few days people could uh, rock up in person and show show some show their games uh, mm-hmm. or they would chat about some of the broadcasts out there so yeah and we well did done, some, Keith. we did some hosting i think we, we did yeah, yeah yeah in um a table at the end yeah keith could have been jeff mm. couldn't he how did he let that how did we let jeff well you know what don't think of it that way around Jeff could have been Keith. Good point. Where's Where's Jeff's touching novels? <laughs> hmm? He could uh, He could pay the significant amount of money he earns from his events to get somebody to ghostwrite them for him. <laughs> yeah, but would he be happy? Probably. Probably be happy. Probably indeed. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. yeah. So we did it. Be Be good to do something like that again. I think I. Proposed, and I either on air or off air that we should do a, an OB from somewhere at some point this year. Maybe from that's right. I said maybe in a Banff reboot later in the year. But we'll see where life takes us throughout the rest. Indeed, twenty twenty three. I've uh, I've not got any more letters. You don't have any letters. No, uh, there are none there. We didn't have a show last week, uh, so uh, you're 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 forgiven. Uh, but yeah. there might be a show next week, so should be. Uh, if you want to send us a letter, please do write to us by emailing team at onelifeleft.com. dot com, or you can drop your 
messages on the Discord. There's a link to that in the show notes, or you can find it at hello.onelifeleft.com. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. That was a jingle or a sting. Uh, we've been promised a new set of those from our theme composer. Said he'd do a Have we? reboot of the theme. He said he'd love to do that. And our news jingle composer said they would do a new news jingle for us if we wanted as well. Right. So, um, well, 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 then yes and yes. Yes and yes. I'll let them know. I'll let them know it's all go from the from the production team, and maybe soon. I won't say next week, but in the next month, let's shoot for that. I'll have a bit of a reboot. Um, okay, time for reviews. Is that, that where we are? Reviews. Let's say AOB, Steve. Well, it's going to be. I'm not going to do a fast five because I don't know how many games you've got to review. I only have Zelda, and it's a seven out of ten. <laughs> Simon. Well, I have been playing this week um, a game called Killer Frequency. Have you heard of this, Steve? I've heard it's doing very well. Have you? Who did you hear that from? From the PR department of Team 17, is that right? Yeah, did you? Yeah. It is a Team 17 game, yeah. Um, I loved the idea when I first saw the trailer of it. It is a... Uh, narrative game in which you play a disc jockey um, at a small local radio station who um, is uh, (laughs) tasked with saving the town from a serial killer who was uh, re-emerged after a uh, a long absence the whistling man his name is Uh, he was a legend in the town before and on this night in the studio um through a series of very contrived plot points. Um, all 991 calls are, are um, rooted through your talk radio show. Of course. Uh, and it's your job is to uh, save as many people as you can and unmask the mystery of the Whistling Man. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's it's silly. Uh, it's, it is jarring in places, uh, but the setup is undeniably fun. Uh, you, um, as the game progresses, get to unlock um, uh, more and more of the radio station. But the idea is, is that uh, with every um, moment within the game, somebody calls in, they're being chased by the whistling man. Uh, and it's your job, if you can, to talk them through how to escape him. Um <laughs> And yeah, it's it's just it's just really really well done. Um, I haven't reached the end of it. I suspect I know uh, what is actually going on, um, but I'm looking forward to being proved right. Um, it's got some really nice touches. It's uh, uh, you can you, you can you can play with all the um, all the buttons and dials of the radio show and uh, sorry the radio station, just like we used to, Steve. Mm. Um, it's funny in places and also it's, it's you know there is genuinely a sense of urgency when you are uh, trying to save people from the whistling man it's uh, it's good stuff uh, sounds like really a really really good pitch like as in yes. if I heard that game idea I'd be like yeah I'm in and I have just heard it and I am in I previously wasn't in because as I said <laughs> just heard about it from Team 17's PR and I was a bit like isn't that just Midnight Caller uh, and I loved Midnight Caller. Yeah, uh, now I'm envious. Like a, 
So, like I say, you know, the, the, you will play it and you go, "Oh, come on." Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you just sort of roll with it, it's um, it's evidently quite a short game, five six hours. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, it's just it's just good fun. Seven out of ten. Uh, I I have played a couple of games this week, and uh, probably games that we've mentioned on the show before. Uh, some of Alice's friends came round. Um, they wanted to have a Mario Day. Um, the idea was we would go and watch the Mario movie in the afternoon, but we didn't get to do that because Alice said Bowser's too mean and she doesn't want to see him on a big screen. <laughs> uh, so fair enough. Uh, but instead, we played we played some games. We played. Um, we played Mario Kart, of course we did, and that was fine. And I, I, I think we've talked before about how smart the inclusivity options are there that allow people of different ages to play by adding the auto steering or adding the auto acceleration. I think that's great. I, I, I would very much like them to realise that five-year-olds are playing and alternate which one of them wins each go because we had a slightly <laughs> awkward social situation this weekend yeah. when Ramona had a friend round. She didn't like that the friend won. Mm. They had to leave quite soon afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, you won't have that problem next time Alice comes around because she's not brilliant at the game, but she did have a nice time. She also played Mario Tennis, uh, which I'd completely forgotten I had. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed the single player on that. Yeah, I didn't. Um, uh, But now I have someone to play the multiplayer with, and it's just easy enough for her to return the button it's kind enough when the ball comes she can hit the button and feel like she's played a really good tennis shot and it's it's quite again really really satisfying it's almost like simon nintendo make games for children and when you play them with children they are better um so yeah that was good as well seven out of ten we also played super mario maker that's what it's called mario maker 2 anyway um which pre-Alice I didn't get on with very well because I couldn't turn off the music but wanted the sound effects and I remember that annoying me with her there the music is the least annoying sound in the room so um, that's fine and yeah she's really enjoying that as well placing objects in the way she designed a level like precocious game designer that she is called 14 squids where she put 14 squids in between you and Mario to get to the end of the level Uh, very challenging um, but also fun to play as a group. We played with four, four of us here, adding objects and then challenging each other to be it. So, again, really, really nice social activity. Seven out of ten. Good stuff. It's the reviews, and that's nearly the end of the show. Any other business? Not for me. Uh, we may not have Mariochi this month uh, because we can't find a venue for that. So that's frustrating. It's uh, a summer, Steve. Do it, it outside. thought about that. Uh, but we may be looking into this week of just booking a venue for develop ourselves and hiring a pub uh, on the night of, e.g., the awards and invite the <laughs> actual cool kids there so they can do something significantly less pointless than cramming themselves in a room for some arbitrary validation. Come is along. There room, <laughs> is there a room big enough for Kepler Interactive? <laughs> Very good. All right. Uh, that's it. That's our radio that's show. That's it. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, thank you to Resonance for hosting. Thank you to all of you for listening. But until 
next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>